This is my comeback. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to the comeback. We are back. My name is Trey Lewis. It is good to be with you today, your host of the comeback from addiction to redemption. As you go back into some of the recent episodes, that you will hear stories of transformation. It was incredible to sit down with so many people who had some of the most broken and the most shattered lives, hopeless cases that people had written off and God broke in in a profound way, brought hope and healing and restoration and did what only He could do to be able to celebrate that. So I'm sure that we will go in and out of those series and have more people who will come on and share their stories of redemption. Um, But today, what I wanted to talk about was humility. Now, I know that many people who listen to this podcast are going to be people who maybe are currently in uh, treatment, um, who are the parent of a loved one, of somebody who needs to be in treatment, or perhaps you're the parent of somebody who is in a program, maybe even in our program at Good Landing. And, you know, I talk about this so often as, as, as I deal with so many parents on the front end of addiction. You know, they call in and they're so distraught that their their spouse or their child or their, their dear friend or loved one is struggling with addiction and they don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're wondering, you know, how do I love this person? And they want to, to get them into treatment and, you know, they finally come to the place of, okay, we need to, you know, do the intervention or we need to um, get them some way in, into treatment. And then once they get in, I remind them of, you know, here's what this is going to look like oftentimes. Somebody's going to come in, maybe they're reluctant, maybe they're a little happy to be here. But sometime in the process that it, there is a good chance that this person is going to want to prematurely abort the process. Okay, they're going to want to blow out. So here's the deal. It's what I remind them of. Over 20 million addicts and alcoholics in the United States over the age of 12 years old, according to Time Magazine. Okay, so we look at that you know, staggering number of drug addicts and alcoholics, but then we also look at, even in the best-case modalities, that there's about a 20% success rate, okay, typically. You know, I'm sure that... There are maybe some modalities a little, you know, greater, some that have been trusted for a long time that really have a less than 10% success rate. But here we are, right? And so we look at these numbers and stuff, and, and we come down to, you know, why the, why the 80% failure rate? You know, is this because people are dumb? Is it because, you know, there's not enough good information out there about the disease of addiction or the approaches are no good? And, and here's the deal. I went through... 10 treatment centers by the time that I was 24 years old, I could have gotten clean in the first one. You know, somebody will show up at my program and say, you know, this is my fourth program and those other ones didn't work. And, you know, I'm not saying there's that, you know, I'm sure there's there's bad programs out there, but but the reality is, is that I know from my life that I could have gotten clean on the very first one. All the principles were there. You know, it wasn't the nicest facility. You know, I'm not for sure the education level of the therapist there and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff like that. But the truth is, is that the essentials of, you know, working the steps and and practicing, you know, honesty and open-mindedness and willingness and all that stuff that were the key essentials to a successful life were all there. Here's the common denominator, right? I've kind of gone around the world to be able to say this. The common denominator in the 80% failure rate is pride. 
That's what it is. I see it all the time. It is the person who always, you know, has a, uh, needs a different approach. Okay, what, what was good for, you know, Rush? What was good for Trey? What was good for all these other people that have put together these, these multiplied years of sobriety? That's what y'all needed to do. But for me, it's different. What I need to do is I need to go back and get to work and make money and, you know, take care of my kids. Okay, Great. Yes, those things are true, but the reality is is that you are circumventing a process that is necessary, that everything that you want to go do in life or that client wants to go do in life is contingent and hinges on the effort and the way that they do their time during treatment, the way that they participate, the way that they give themselves to this program, the way that they turn their lives over to the Lord. And the deal is, when I look back on my life, whenever... 2012, you know, I'm, I'm coming off of a major failure, a relapse, and I, I go through a, a three-month internship, and I bury myself in the prayer room. I'm living in my aunt's, not my aunt's basement, but in my in my aunt's in my aunt's house in one of her daughter's bedroom. Daughter moved out, gone to college. I'm living there. Okay, the bedroom is painted pink, and it has a sign above my bed that says, kiss me goodnight. Okay, is a 32-year-old 32, male that wants to be married and have a family and a career and all that kind of stuff that I'm living in this bedroom, okay? I just want you to understand just, you know, where I'm at, where my mind's at, and every day I'm going to the prayer room, and then I enter, enter into a ministry training course, and and pretty much I'm just hearing this this resounding you know, unified front for my family of go get a job for the love of God, go work at Chick-fil-A, go do something. And and while I understand what they were saying, I knew that I had to get these foundational pieces right. I knew that if I missed God here or I short-circuited this process or I didn't stay and get everything that I was supposed to get, then 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 then, then everything else that I was going to attempt to do was going to fail. It was going to crumble. It was going to fall apart. I needed to get everything that, that God had for me, and I could not skip that season. I see it all the time. I see it all the time with people, right? It's the person that's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to come in, and you know, I'm just going to do two weeks, or you know, I'm going to come in, and, and or I'm going to live at home you know, even though I've got two days clean and I'm going to try, you know, uh, you know, coming to outpatient classes in the evening. And, and the truth is, you know, great, wonderful. I appreciate your, your, your attempt and there's ways to work with people. But the truth is, is, is why, like, why are you, 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 you skipping that process? I mean, if you had cancer, if you had something going on with you and you had a schedule of radiation and chemo and stuff like that, and you were always trying to get out of your, your radiation treatments. I mean, everybody's like, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you not go? Your insurance is taking care of this. You've got all these things in place. There's a protocol that has been laid out that is unto your healing. Why in the world would you not do it the way that the... And so we get that and we say, man, that's asinine whenever we look at it, you know, from, you know, in, 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 the, in the realm of what, what we typically understand to be diseases, you know, like cancer, and, and, and anything else like that, we would say, yeah, of course, you're sick, you need to follow the protocol, but whenever we look at addiction, it is, it's always this, this, this approach of how can I short-circuit this, how can I avoid you know, walking through the process so that I can be healed. That's what I want to talk about today is humility. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 5 that I believe illustrates and demonstrates this about how many of us 
are just like this high-ranking military official that gives the story there in 2 Kings who, who doesn't want to do it God's way. And so let me just kind of give you summary real quick. 2 Kings chapter 5. So there's this high-ranking military official, Naaman, who's a commander of the Syrian army. And there's this servant girl who's from Israel that had been taken captive. And it says this, as in the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. So the king of Israel sends over a letter. He goes over to Israel and says, You know, hey, I heard there's a prophet over here that can heal me of my leprosy. The king tears his clothes. Elisha, the prophet, hears about it and says, Hey, send him to me so that this commander, this man, knows that there's a prophet in Israel. So he shows up. Naaman now shows up at Elisha's house. I mean, if you can picture this, high-ranking military official shows up outside of your front door. The prophet does not even get up and greet him at the front door, but just says, hey, go go, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Naaman becomes enraged. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Like, the dude did not even get up out of his lazy boy and walk out here and meet me, and he's telling me to go dip in the Jordan River when in reality, there's much better rivers over in Syria. Why in the world would you want me to go and dip in the Jordan River? And he's so frustrated. He's just so mad at the recipe that he's getting ready to miss his healing. And one of his servants is saying, hey, look, Naaman, chill out. This is the deal. This is the man of God here. I would at least go and attempt it. And so you've got this, this low-ranking person appealing to Naaman. Naaman could have you know, blown him off. Thank God he listens to him. He goes to the Jordan River. He dips in. I mean, if you can just picture this, right? I mean, the first time he dips in, nothing happens. Second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, sixth time, still nothing happened. Finally, the moment of truth. On the seventh time, he dips in the water just like he was told, and he comes up, and he's healed. This is a picture of what we see and what we fight against day in and day out. There's a process that we need to be reprogrammed, the drugs and the alcohol and living that lifestyle that it's rewired our thinking and we manipulate and we have, you know, all these, these the, the, you know, there, there, there needs to be a complete rewiring and a, a, a complete overhaul to the way that we think to the way that we that we cope with life and it's a process that can't be completed in 2 weeks. I mean the truth is when we think about boxing there's there's six punches in boxing. There's a jab, there's a cross, there's a left and right hook, there's a left and right uppercut. I mean I can teach somebody those punches in about 3 to 5 minutes. Nobody is ready for the cage, nobody is ready for the ring after 3 to 5 minutes. It is going to take weeks and months and months of training before somebody is ready to get up on in, in, in that ring with another opponent. It was just like I was listening to, to one of Mississippi State University football uh, program's hype videos the other day, and I remember that strength coach was saying that it's on Saturday night when those lights come on that everything is exposed. That's what shows how you practice that week. You know, did you do your workouts? Did you slack in whenever you were running? You know, what were you watching tape? Were you doing everything that was necessary so that you could be successful on Saturday? Because if you skipped in any of those areas and 
you weren't diligent in your workouts, you weren't diligent in, in, in your weightlifting, you weren't diligent in your running and watching film, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When the lights come on Saturday night, that's when you're exposed. And so it is with our time here. And anywhere for that matter. You know, not just for people who are in treatment. I mean, this is obviously geared and, and, and directed towards that. But no matter where you're at in life, maybe it's your marriage. You know, maybe it's your career. And you've got a boss that's above you. You might not like their style. But the deal is, like, that might be the Elisha in your life of saying, God, you know, God putting that person in your life of saying, hey, you might not like their style. But I'm telling you, I know what you need. You don't know what you need. You think that you want it served up to you all soft and sweet. But in reality, I'm putting this individual in front of you, and that's going to be your catalyst to be able to shape you and mold you and refine you and take you to the next level. But if you keep blowing out of that process, then God's not going to be able to do what he wants to do in your life. And then we always wonder, you know, why this big disconnect? We've got to be able to turn into that fire and to say, man, I, you know, though it's painful, though it's not the person that I would have chosen to help bring out the best in me, God's saying, I know what you need. I know what you need, and I'm going to use that individual to be able to pull out the very best in you, but that we would apply the spiritual principle of humility, and that we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and then in due time, He will exalt, and not vice versa. Not vice versa. We always want to roll reverse. We want to say, here are my plans. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the timeline that I want to do it in. And now you, God, who is the, 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 the creator of the universe, I want you to humble yourself under my plans and drive them forward. When God's saying, no, 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 no. What you don't understand is you go back and look over your life every time that you have gotten yourself into a train wreck, every time that you have gotten yourself into a mess, it is because you exalted, and you asked me to do the humbling. Guys, I want you to be encouraged today to be able to apply the spiritual principle of humility. Bless you guys. I've enjoyed this time with you on the comeback, and I will see you next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.